Welcome back to TCK Care, the podcast. This is your host, Stephen Black. Joining us on the show today is Brett Taylor from Interaction International. Today, Brett and I are going to be talking about how to do missions as a family with kids, specifically how to get kids into ministry, how to get them involved, how to pay attention to their heart. Um, so really, how to do missions as a family in a very healthy, um, unified way. I feel like Brett has a real heart to see families serving together in missions, even if it's not in the same way. Um, but he also has a respect for the fact that everyone's in a different place. Every kid is different, and they go through stages. So really, it's all about having a relationship with your child, and that is at the heart of ministering as a family. And if you're thinking about doing missions as a family, or if you are doing missions as a family, and um, you really want to be intentional about um, doing things well and doing things together, this episode is for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Joining us on the show today is Brett Taylor, calling all the way from... Where are you at, Brett? I'm going from Waxon, North Carolina. Waxon, North Carolina. Nice. Um, okay, because this is a TCK Care show, Brett, I've got to ask you the million-dollar question. Where are you from? Where are you from? Well, I think I have a little bit easier uh, since I grew up in California, so I call uh, California my home. That's where I've lived most of my life. So not being a TCK myself, it's a little easier to do that. But I will say, after living out here for eight years, I'm starting to not claim that as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. Is that starting to feel like home out there a little bit? Yeah, last few times I've gone back, we're speaking to church and stuff. Love the people there, but it's not the same place that uh, I grew up. Mm, sure, I get that. Yeah, places change, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. So, Brett, uh, how are you involved in TCK Care? Yeah, I've uh, had the privilege of uh, working with TCK Care in a couple different organizations. I was with uh, Christian Missionary Fellowship for a short while and got to work at West Nairobi School in Kenya. And then for, well, since 2005, I've been working with Wycliffe Bible Translators at the JARS Center here in North Carolina as the uh, Director of Youth and Family Ministries. And more recently, uh, the Lord has just opened up the opportunity in the last few months for me to uh, join uh, Interaction International and uh, look forward to helping them with their TCK programs and uh, just see all that God has uh, in store for us. We're really excited about the opportunities we have in there. That's awesome. You have a good, uh, have a good relationship with Interaction. I got to participate in one of their transition seminars a couple of years ago, and there were yeah, some really, Colorado, yeah, I assume, yeah, the one yeah. out in Colorado, uh, the week long transition seminar, and there were some really yeah. unique things about it that I really appreciated. And every time yeah. I hear of of uh, TCKs transitioning back to America, I was uh, send them over to the website to check it out and highly recommend that transition seminar. So Yeah, I, I, I highly, highly recommend whether it's ours or there's a few others, but um, it's so important for those coming back from overseas assignments, especially longer-term overseas assignments, to grab one of those opportunities to get involved in one of those transition seminars. It makes, makes a big difference. Mm, definitely. All right, Brett. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about um, about TCKs, uh, specifically families that are overseas um, in a ministry context. Uh, if I can just speak from speak from my own personal experience, when I was growing up overseas, uh, me and my siblings were very involved in our parents' ministry. Uh, my dad mm -hmm. did a lot of outreach um, to neighboring villages, and uh, we would always tag along with him and 
Um, my mom did mobile clinics and we would go with her and translate for her. And uh, that was a very positive experience for me. Um, I know that uh, sometimes uh, sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes uh, kids don't really want to be involved or it's just not a good mm -hmm. fit for them uh, to be in their parents' ministry. And really, it is their parents' ministry. I guess t today I just wanted to talk to you and get some insight on how to uh, maintain uh, the health of your the health of your child, or if you're a TCK, the health of yourself in that context. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's always a. It, it's not an easy thing. That's a that's a tricky balance, and uh, I've worked with MKs for TCKs for more than a decade now, um, and gosh, two decades now, and there's not a one size fits all. Um, you'll get some. Uh, TCKs and MKs who just really want to embrace and engage and um, be involved in the local culture and and are excited about sharing the Word of God and uh, want to engage however they can. And then um, I've worked with some who really don't want to engage, don't want to go, or reluctant and um, don't see the point. Or even uh, just because their parents are missionaries doesn't mean they have a faith of their own and and don't even uh, want to walk with the Lord, and so want to avoid anything like that. So there's definitely a spectrum, and uh, there's not a one size fits all. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that you're saying that, and you know, I think not only is there not a one size fits all for um, for all you know missionary kids, but I think there's probably also an, not a one size fits all principle for you know the lifespan of one missionary kid that on a in a particular context on a particular day um they may be mm -hmm. highly involved and having a good day and um, ready to mm -hmm. participate and engage in on another day that's um, not the case um so i realize that like yeah. we may be throwing things out uh, for people to think about and chew on but it may not mm -hmm. be true all the time no matter what you say right absolutely yeah some of it's related to personality you get some who are some of our kids are introverts they're just not wanting to get up on stage and sing and dance and do all of that stuff and want to go out there and meet people um, and then you got some that are just real extroverted and just, they think it's fun to go up and dress up in some national outfits and, um, clothing and sing a song in a different language. And they just get a, <laughs> get a jolt out of doing that. So, um, even within one family, just personality styles will make a difference. That's right. It's so true. So Brett, um, if we can get into things a little bit here, um, Parents that are looking at getting into missions, um, perhaps this is something that God's laid on their heart, um, but they've already got kids, um, and so they need to be sensitive to how that's going to play out on their kids and the effect that's going to have on their children. Mm -hmm. How do you begin the conversation with your kids about uh, what ministry is going to look like for your family? Sure. Well, obviously, there's a presumption you can have a conversation because uh, some uh, Parents are taking newborns over there, so there's not a lot of conversation to be had there. <laughs> um, yet sometimes they can play, um, whether it's newborns or all the way up to teenagers, they can play a role in uh, effective ministry um, and um, outreach to those communities that they're serving. So um, as far as starting the conversation, I think if you're starting a conversation, I think it's important also to remember it needs to be an ongoing conversation. Uh, it's not so one and done conversation. Uh, kids change and evolve, and uh, what they might have been okay with once um, might change later. So, 
um, with that in mind, um, I think part of it as a parent is to look at what your kids' skills, abilities, and spiritual gifting are and uh, look to encourage them to engage that. Uh, part of that, I think, is being careful. Uh, you, you, you don't take a non-Christian and force them to do evangelism. That would be absurd. We would never expect a non-Christian to do evangelism. So um, at the heart of it needs to be the heart. They're, they're Kids' hearts need to be involved in having a passion for sharing Christ and understanding the value of that. Um, but yet, there's also a variety of different ways that uh, I've known students who uh, be involved in ministry and do different things. Um, and it's not always exactly what the parents are doing. I've had some um, former students of mine whose parents were doing translation work in Ecuador. Well, those kids weren't helping them with the translation work, but you know what? They decided to help out with the local church, and one of them uh, helped lead the worship at the uh, Sunday school program. Uh, the other one uh, helped do some puppet ministries, and so, but that's what they wanted to do, and and that was something that they got excited about doing. So it wasn't they didn't do exactly what their parents were doing. They kind of went a different direction. Uh, I've known others that have got involved with doing soccer with the local kids. And that was their outreach. They were making friends and um, building friendships and relationships that way. So uh, there's not a one-size-fits-all again. Um, but I think it. the important thing is if you want your kids involved in ministry, um, they need to have that their heart right. They need to have that relationship with Christ. So build into them that, that first. And out of their heart will come uh, that desire to share if we externally mold them into it and we're all we're doing is building heresies and uh pharisees i should say mm. and i think our tck's and mk's already struggle with uh, that cultural uh, missions and um we don't want to reinforce that by forcing them to do ministry right i really appreciate that model that you know at the heart of the ministry there needs to be you know it needs to be about the heart it needs to be about your children's hearts and cultivating a love mm -hmm. for Jesus and i think also the you know the implication is that after you've cultivated a love for Jesus and a relationship with God then you can absolutely trust God to work in their hearts and to um to bring them to a place where they are involved um and the ministry that's right for that's right between them and their heavenly father you know Mm -hmm. So much That's of right. so much of TCK care is just trusting God's heart for our children, for our children, and then the children that we care for. One neat thing I've seen some of our parents do is they've not just engaged in the local context, but they've got their kids involved with them, like when they're doing their prayer letters and updates. And so sometimes they'll even give them a little corner on the newsletter and say, "Hey, you, you write write something to people. What are your prayer requests? What do you draw a picture or do something like that?" And so mm -hmm. that's been. A way that I've seen uh, parents engage their their kids in the ministry in a way that might fit them better um, and 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 get them thinking about ministry in a different way. Yeah. Now that you mention it, actually, one of the ways that uh, my parents involved me was they recognized I'm um, slightly on the obsessive side. And so they were like, let's capitalize on that. And so they, they made me their copy editor for their uh, newsletter. And mm -hmm. I'd, I'd read over and I'd be yeah. like, oh, this sentence just totally doesn't work, mom, just so you know. And <laughs> I really I really enjoyed that. Like sometimes yeah. sometimes they'd have us write, but more than that, I enjoyed just, you know, 
getting to participate in a way that I was comfortable with that, you know, worked with my oh. gifting in particular. And I don't think anybody necessarily knew that I was doing that, but I knew and I was having fun with it. And I really enjoyed yep. being a part of the process. So it's cool that you brought that yep. up. We do, uh, our family will sit around the table and we'll stamp and put stamps on the envelopes and put the labels on and stuff them and get the little, um, system going there. And they oh, yes. kind of enjoy doing that. And so it's, uh, just those little small ways to help them see a little bit about what we're doing, um, uh, sometimes helps them um, to think about ministry and then to think about what is, what is involved because too often I think, RMKs and TCKs get the wrong idea about what ministry is. They get a skewed view. And so when you can get them to participate in all different aspects or help them to see the fuller aspects of what you're doing, it'd be, it'd be a good experience for them. Yeah, definitely. You're bringing back a lot of my childhood memories as far as, you know, sitting around the table and getting the all the letters stuffed and folded in those envelopes. Yeah. And, you know, I love, hate those memories. Like, I, yes. you know, there's definitely a connotation of family and community and connection and purpose. At the same time, there's no way to say, there's no other way to say this other than those envelopes were disgusting. You know, <laughs> if I could have a time machine, one of my, one of my objectives would be to go back and replace all of those envelopes with those fancy new sticker envelopes. So you can just peel off the thing and stick it down. Don't need to get your tongue involved at all. Yes. I confess, uh, we have upgraded to that. We, uh, <laughs> We, we decided to splurge a little bit and get the rip off uh, sealers instead of the lake and stick. God bless you. Just a little while ago, you were talking about how um, you really need to uh, cultivate a love for God and a relationship with God in, mm -hmm. you know, in the heart of your children, and that that more mm -hmm. than anything is going to prepare them um, for uh, prepare them for ministry and for growing up in a ministry context. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I I know that. For some kids, it's more of a process uh, than mm -hmm. for others. And I know that there are families, I have heard of families overseas where um, their kids don't espouse to um, don't espouse to be Christians, don't espouse to have that kind of a faith or to believe the same thing as their parents do. Um, yeah. And sometimes they go into the, into the missions, the family goes into missions knowing this, and sometimes mm -hmm. something happens along the way where um, the child's worldview just can't. Um, can't grapple with the hardships that they face and they sort of mm -hmm. you know, back off of that. Um, what about that? How do you, how do you cultivate a re loving relationship um, with God with a child that, you know, either doesn't believe in him or doesn't want him? Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. Uh, and two stories come to mind in, in regards to that. One is um, one of the first students I worked with is a girl named Heather who moved to Kenya as a teenager and she did not want to go. She loved her, her friends and everything back in her home uh, of California. And so moving overseas as a middle schooler, uh, she later confessed she did everything she could to quote unquote ruin her parents' ministry and get them to go back to California. And mm. she made it difficult for them. It definitely was. And that's where as parents, you, you have to have this, balance of what has the Lord called you to do and understand that calling and have a firm conviction of that calling. Um, and yet sometimes the Lord does speak through your kids and, um, and you gotta, you gotta listen to them. Well, in their case, they could tell Heather's motives for not wanting to go were self-seeking and weren't 
looking to honor the Lord. Not that going into missions is honoring the Lord, but there, it, it was where she was at. So uh, she she fought it and resisted it, and it was difficult for their family for um, for several months. I would maybe say pushing into a year, but uh, the Lord grabbed her heart there. She uh, connected, made friends at the schools there, and uh, through various different things and God working and prayer, uh, she grew to a point where she just loved, 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 and really engaged and um, apologized for intentionally being a pain. Um, for being there. And so, mm. but uh, there's not, again, a simple solution on that. It's takes prayer, it takes willingness that you need to, as parents, demonstrate time and time again that you sincerely are listening to your kids. So, um, with time, um, lots of prayer, I, I don't think you can underestimate the value as parents to having a, a, you have your newsletter list and then you need to have your, special newsletter list. And those are the ones who get the real honest prayer requests, not the general prayer requests, the ones that you can say, can you pray for us as parents? We're struggling with so-and-so about this. Um, you absolutely need to, as parents, um, look for that prayer support. But then I've known other families, somewhat like the one you were describing there, and one comes to mind uh, in Papua New Guinea when I was in Ukurumpa, uh, working at the center there once, and everybody there on the center knew that this young man did not want to have anything to do with Christ and um, didn't want to attend the chapels, didn't want to attend you know the Bible classes and things like that. And I actually felt a little bad for him because everybody was gunning for him, trying to bring him back to the Lord. Um, it was kind of a, put a very bright spotlight on himself by wearing that badge. Um, you know, and to be honest, I'm not sure that last I heard nothing had changed in his life. And I can tell you from talking to those parents a little bit that um, that was a real heart heart challenge for them as parents to be in a place where you're intentionally trying to share uh, Christ with others. And yet to have someone in your own home um, refuse to acknowledge his name. And uh, man, if, if that doesn't make you struggle with, uh, are you doing the right thing when you you don't have your own home in line? Um, I don't know what will. So it, it was heartbreaking to watch the parents struggle through that. And I, not just that one, I think of unfortunately a few others who have had that experience of these prodigal sons who, and daughters who have not yet come back. Um, and we just got to keep lifting them up in prayer. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure for all the stories that we know, there are, you know, other stories out there that we don't know. I mean, there's going to be a lot of kids out there who are, um, who have some serious and uh, difficult questions uh, about faith and spirituality and all that. And I think, you know, just the fact that, you know, they are missionary kids and they are in the spotlight a little bit, um, especially mm -hmm. with that one kid who stood out so significantly um, for, uh, for putting that label on himself, um, mm -hmm. being so adamant about it, you know, that can just make things so much more, uh, that can just compound the issue so much more. My, my advice for parents, especially going to um, serving overseas nowadays, is I've been seeing a trend in parenting of needing to protect and shelter uh, their kids and, and make sure they're safe and they don't want to be harmed and, and all of these things. And as a result, I've seen more and more TCKs leaving 
the field, having spent a significant part of their life there, not being very fluent with the local language, um, and sometimes even being scared of some of the parent, the people that their parents are trying to reach out to because they've been told, mm-hmm. oh, they feel they do this, they do that. It's not safe. And while safety is a factor, um, I think sometimes I've seen parents more and more move away from allowing their kids to explore opportunities to do ministry and, and explore opportunities to love those places that um, they're living there and, and engaging mm-hmm. um, safety factors because of fear. And so um, I would challenge parents nowadays to say, hey, um, you're not going to be able to keep your kids safe. You can't can't guarantee that something bad isn't going to happen. You can't keep them from getting malaria. You can't help keep them from this. And we want to do everything we can to keep our kids safe. And ultimately it's a facade. It's a, it's, it's, it's a misconception to believe that we can do that. Um, and I, you know, some people have get, I've taken kids overseas on international missions trips and they say, Oh, I can't believe you're taking them to this country. That country is not very safe there. Yet I had a colleague of mine who took his uh, his youth group to uh, a mission trip to Texas, and he got a flesh-eating bacteria in his leg and almost died from it. So, you oh, know, goodness. Texas or overseas, which is safer? Well, the only place of safest in the middle of God's will. But being in the middle of That's God's right. will doesn't mean everything's going to be roses. Um, That's right. You know, we will have hardships and dangers. Um, but when you're in the middle of God's will in those moments, those are used for building us up. So I would encourage parents to relax a little bit, uh, really allow other kids to engage those cultures, um, to, to learn the local languages. It's so valuable, not just in that moment and then those contexts, but later on. And, um, there's so many opportunities that our, our TCKs can open up, um, for international businesses, you, uh, linguistically, uh, scholarships for college. And, uh, sometimes our parents now are robbing our TCKs of having those opportunities because they're trying to shelter them and keep them from having that experience of living cross-culturally. Good word. What I'm hearing is so far is that it really is about, um, first of all, listening to your kids, um, listening to them, you know, listening to what they actively are communicating to you as far as Mm -hmm. their um, readiness uh, to participate and comfort levels with what's going on and also listening to the things they don't say and listening to where they're at in life and um, how mm-hmm. they're doing emotionally and all that. And then um, just uh, opening up with uh, people and getting, getting support. Like, I liked what you said about having the two, you know, the two uh, newsletters, the one that's sort of a generic, this is the news about my ministry. And the other one, that's a more of a personal heartfelt, like, these are the ways that I personally struggle and really need help. You know, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with struggling um, mm-hmm. as long as we're honest about it and do get the help that we need in that moment. Um, so I really appreciate mm-hmm. that you mentioned that. And then mm-hmm. um, just trusting in God, trusting in him to um, do work in the hearts of our children and uh, not taking on too much responsibility to keep them safe. I like what you said about uh, how sometimes Texas can be just as dangerous as living overseas. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I went overseas, I didn't have kids. Um, the first time I served overseas, some of my friends, not you know, not knowing anything more about the Philippines. Well meaning, yeah, well meaning, not but not knowing anything more about the Philippines and what they'd read in the news, were like, 
you know, there's like, you know, some religious extremists and the Philippines are mm -hmm. pretty dangerous. And I'm like, oh, that's mm -hmm. okay. You know, I used to live in Chicago and <laughs> Chicago is <laughs> pretty dangerous too. There's some that's extremists right. there, let me tell you. No, no. Anybody who thinks they can protect their kids uh, has a... It's pretty arrogant. There's a... I think God's a little bit bigger than whatever they can do. So. Sure, yeah. Which is not to say that, like, we're going to take our kids into situations knowing that they're going to suffer and that they're going to be, you know, in harm's way and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Like, we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be stupid about um, mm -hmm. doing our doing our due diligence to, um, to protect our kids and uh, raise them in a safe and healthy environment. But, um, you know, like you say, we can't protect our kids and there's nowhere safe to be but in, but in God's will. And even that yeah. isn't the bed of roses, so... Obviously, this is extreme, but I've, I've been aware of a, a family that moved back to the States because they couldn't get the AP classes for their kids. Um, and because the schools there weren't able to offer the AP classes they wanted, they decided that they needed to come back from mm. serving. And I said, wow, that's a, and I'm sure in all situations, there's not just one thing. It probably wasn't just that. There's layers, but yeah. um, that's part of when you're when you're making decisions based on things like that, I'm starting to wonder. Oh, is that? Are we doing too? Is it, are we putting the kids too high on a, on a pedestal? Um, right. You know, I, I people sometimes challenge me on this, and I hope they don't take it as, as extreme as I'm going to say it right here. But you know, in our, in our relationships, God obviously needs to be the first and foremost. And I would say that our relationship with our spouse, our significant other, um, is that next most important relationship. And then after that, our relationships with our kids is the next most important relationship. And then after that, our relationships in our ministries is the next most important. And what I've seen is when when people misorder those, um, things get out of hand really quickly. Um, the one that is scary to me is when I see parents who inadvertently um, be, idolize ministry and they put even ministry above the Lord, the ministry above their, their spouses and their, and their kids and they serve that at all costs. Mm. Um, and say, well, well, I'll just do this for the Lord and God will take care of the rest. And I'm not sure that that's a biblical principle at all. Um, I, people will say, well, Isaac, you know, was put on the altar, um, by Abraham. And I think, you know what? That's not what that is about. That's about saying, is Isaac a higher priority than the Lord? And it's a, it's a test there. It's not about doing the ministry of, of Isaac. Um, it's about making sure God's in his first place. Um, but I've also seen parents who idolize their kids so high that they put that above everything else, including the Lord, and they make choices that way. And that, I think that's just as dangerous um, in its own way. And so if we don't keep that those priorities in line, and, you know, sometimes parents ask me, how do you have – Kids do good transition. I said, model good transition, you and your spouse. Model good transition for them. Um, you don't have to put on facade and fake it. Let them know, hey, today's a hard day. Um, you know, I don't want to leave today. Um, or, weird. you know, how, how are you feeling that if you and your spouse uh, stay together tight, you will give them that safe place that will move with them wherever they move. Uh, and so keeping those those things in that, that balance there and, it doesn't always break out so nice and clean as, as it does on paper that way, but I would just challenge, um, especially parents to, to think about 
are they putting ministry above that? Just to give one example, uh, I knew at one point in my uh, life I was doing quite a bit of traveling. And I started to realize I'm like, I think, I think this is getting a bit much. And so I asked my daughter, who was oldest at that time, and um, still in elementary school, I said, you know, I feel like I've been traveling a little bit too much. Um, you know, I, I have all these different trips. Would you like, you know, would you like me to? Uh, I, I, these would be good opportunities, but think I'd like to stay here and be with you guys. What, what do you think? And she said, it would be nice to have you around a little bit more, Dad. And so, you know, I affirmed her. I said, you know, you are more important than these trips. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm going to pass on this one, even though I wanted to do it, because you're more important than me. Yeah. I think we need to demonstrate to our kids, not to make them feel bad and guilt them, because that can go a different way. Um, where they feel, oh, if I say no, then dad's not going to share Jesus with other people. And it's amazing how the kids will twist that around. But to right. demonstrate to your kids that your relationship with them is still more important, that you will stop when you get home from doing ministry or this, that, and the other, to spend time and take time to listen to them, uh, that you value them above doing this other thing. And like, well, what is that you value your spouse and that relationship with them above all? Um, the more you show that your spouse you have a, an important relationship, a valuable relationship that is something that's worth cherishing. You give that um, net of safety for your kids to live in and thrive in, no matter what's going on. Yeah, that's really good. It is so important to model good transition. And um, uh, I like what you said that, you know, it's really about, you know, being healthy as a family if you have your priorities straight then your kids are going to see your love for god and they're going to see your love for your spouse and they're going to know mm-hmm. that they have a safe place uh to to grow up where they are loved and they're you know they're cared for and that's that's with their family wherever that family might be um, well brad i think we're um just about at the end of this uh podcast but i just want to ask you if you have any inspirational quotes or humorous anecdotes or anything to land this plane with? <laughs> uh, I guess in regards to kids being involved in ministries and things like that, um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe just the, something that I'll sometimes talk to my kids about is for uh, the students I work with. I said there's a difference between uh, and I, a colleague of I, Mike Matheson, and I uh, talk about this. There's a difference between being an MK and an MSK. An MK is a missionary kid, a kid who is a missionary um, versus a missionary's kid. And that's a kid who's simply a kid who belongs to a missionary. And I think um, there's a significant difference. And I think it's laziness on the English language when we call uh, them missionary kids. It implies that they're kids who are missionaries. Uh, yet, as, as Christians, we're all called to be ambassadors for Christ. We're all called to do the mission promoting the world, uh, promoting Christ to the world. So in that regards, um, you know, they should be involved in ministry to whatever God has called them to. And it might be a little bit different. Um, but I, I've loved how kids have significantly impacted ministry over the years, um, sometimes in small ways and big ways. I've, you know, one story comes to mind is a, in a village where a language, the Bible translation was trying to get underway and, Dad was not really able to connect with the village elders. They were they were unsure if they wanted to welcome him in there, and um, they're standing there, and 
it was the kid who opened up the opportunity. Their kid was the one who opened the opportunity because he started playing soccer with the other kids in the village. Well, that's an international language and they started playing and they were having fun. Well, then it kind of enabled the mom to be able to start talking to the other ladies in the village about cooking and things like that. And then the next thing you know, approval got, um, uh, for doing the translation process got happened because of that. So, you know, it's, it's amazing how kids will impact the field. Um, and some of them will really take to heart to be a missionary kid because they love Christ and they want to share that, that love with others. And they'll do it in different ways. Maybe serving through technology, maybe doing an ministry, maybe working right alongside their parents. Yeah. But, uh, others are simply just M's case. They're, they're just there because their parents are missionaries. And, those are the ones that uh, we need to keep lifting up in prayer in the church back home and, and there um, on, in the field locations. We need to be lifting those families up. That's a hard thing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for share, uh, taking the time to join me on the podcast and sharing some of your experience and stories and uh, wisdom. I think that a lot of people are going to uh, really appreciate hearing what, uh, what we've talked about today. So thank you, Brett. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. This has been TCK Care, the podcast. This is your host, Stephen Black. I hope you'll join us again next week as we hear from a young man and his perspective on taking the time to start college strong. It's going to be a great show. So if you haven't yet, subscribe, comment, like, share, spread the love. And we'll see you again next week.